0: To the Nut-Maked Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Nutmeg Arena podcast or the TNA podcast. This is a bonus episode, and in this episode, I am joined by a guest who is a really important part of our team here at the Nutmeg Assist. He's written for Total Football Analysis a lot of time in the past as well. He wrote a wonderful article on a club from Qatar, Al Saad, managed by Savi. And that got a lot of traction as well. And that is the topic of discussion for this podcast. And I'm welcoming none other than the guy, the little maestro, which we've actually nicknamed here him at the Nutmeg Assist. I welcome Sudesh.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it feels great to be back at the Nutmeg Podcast. You know, although I've never been here, but like this feels like, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, great, great to hear that, man. Great to hear that. And I mean, your article got a lot of traction. It got, you know, even translated into different languages as well, which is really, really great. I read the article too, and I found it really, really intriguing. And Alsad and Chavi are, you know, Chavi basically, are pretty much talked about. A lot of times you can see some of the videos popping up on Twitter. And I saw a particular move where they amazingly build out from the back. They kind of attracted the press and played out of it so well and turned it into a goal, I guess. And uh, I mean, yeah. the, 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 there are multiple instances of that happening. So, Sudesh, I mean, first of all, can you probably brief us a little bit on what Al Saad were before, Chavi?
1: Yeah, sure. So, first of all, we, what we need to understand about this kind of football when you talk about these is that you should see what condition where the football club in, were in, and then you should compare them to what they are now. Uh, so we'll just make this something like pre-Jabi and post-Jabi era or the thing that we're seeing right now. So, you know, Al-Sadab always been a very successful club if you would look at the domestic scene and even in Asia as well. Like coming from Qatar, they are one of the biggest clubs in the country or probably the biggest club in the country. And success has never been uh, too difficult for Al Saad domestically. So if you look at the trophies, they won and just try to brief it like, okay, Zabi has won this much of trophy with Al Saad and things like that. I think that does not make sense because they were always winning. So what it comes down to is how they're playing and what has changed under Xavi right? So before Zabi, it was Hiswaldo Ferreira, the manager. So he took over at 2015, I guess, and he was the coach of El Sad up until Xavi took over after his retirement in 2019. So under him, El Sad were winning, and El Sad had a typical identity of, you know, build out from the back and the typical Barcelona style that we uh, regularly say. But like, you can always feel the difference between Barcelona playing this style and other clubs in the world playing it. Not everything is perfect when other guys want to do it. So under Xavi, what we can see is the emphasis being put on on how they're perfecting the basics and building up to how the brand of football that they were trying to achieve under Ferreira and what Xavi uh, is trying to achieve, which is basically possession-based and short-passing and intact uh, formation kind of football, playing a four-three-three.
0: Yeah, and I mean even statistically as well, uh, Al Saad's numbers or the right numbers have been way above average or way above league average to put it perfectly right. I mean last yeah. season as well, they average a lot more touches in the box than the league average, even deep completions etc. and things like that. So. I think you you can seek a completely different brand of football there in Qatar, more enjoyable brand because that that's that's how Chavez blueprint is his his ready-made Barcelona material uh, to be honest. And I mean, in terms of you know impressing people all around the world, so And in terms of from what you've seen uh, when when you analyze Al Saad, do you think it's like a they are like a perfect team to you know compete in the club world cup
1: so the thing is uh okay let, let's talk about where things are where this all started so sabi took over al-sad from 2019 season as a full-time manager and i would never call sabi uh like full-time player at al-sad ever since he came from barcelona so his last season at barcelona was kind of half mentor and half player situation you know he u- usually used to come the bench and guide the team and used to be an influential figure in dressing room and he kind of made the travel happen in his last season at Catalonia and that is the role that has he has been playing ever since he came to Alsat you know he was half manager and half player kind of a figure in Alsat so when he completely transferred transformed into a manager you could actually see him struggling at times in the first season like Alsat finished third in the table and it was kind of, you know, they're always the top three, but finishing third amongst the top three is not quite an enjoyable res- result, you know. But what we can see this season is they've drastically improved and with time, they're being quite a strong side. Like they have played fifteen games this season in the league. They have won the Amir Cup, which is equivalent to the club, you know, cup competition that we have around the world. And they have played fifteen. One thirteen 13 and drew 2, I guess. They are yet to be beat. So, although they are not competing on the Club World Cup this season because they finished third and they got knocked out of the AFC Champions League uh, very early. They are not playing in the Club World Cup this time. But yeah, they are definitely a team to watch in the next Club World Cup depending on what they are building up right now.
0: Yeah, and once again, coming back to some of the numbers, like you said, they are a very progressive team, like you said. Uh, in yeah. terms of the progressive passes or the, the progressive passing numbers that they record that they record normally is like very 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 high and even the accuracy as well is always greater than eighty percent to eighty five percent mostly um i don't have the perfect numbers for this season but i i mean i'm actually referencing your article from. Uh, last season basically so I mean do you think the the methods that he has put forward at Barcelona sorry at Al Saad basically is going to get translated you know, to Barcelona when he eventually moves I mean I'm actually assuming that he will eventually move by the way because I think there's, there's like a strong 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 rumor of him definitely being as being the Barcelona manager at some point in the next you know, four or five years
1: yeah, I think the attention towards Xavi's Al Saad uh, is basically because people expect him to take over Barcelona in the future. And it's less about him being uh, Al Saad's manager, but it's more about like him playing a brand of football that will suit uh, in Barcelona's bracket in the coming future, right? So, yeah, I, I kind of see that blueprint in Xavi's play right now. So. I came to Qatar in like November and I've attended two Al Saad matches in the stadium. And uh, fortunately, Al Saad played really, really well in those two seasons. And uh, you talked about my article. Uh, for Zabi's team, quality is never a question in terms of the local league because Al Saad are quite fortunately or quite obviously one of the well funded clubs in Qatar. So the scenario in Qatar is something like there are like two big clubs and they are kind of very big terms of finance and in terms of the quality of players that they attract. For example, you can see Santi Cozzola made his way to al Sadd this season and even Mendy Benatia is ta- uh, you know, playing for Al Duhail who, who are like second in the table right now. So quality was never a problem and they always had quality players who could execute that. But if you uh, look at the article that I presented n- last season, the numbers, the fault in the numbers were actually in how al Sadd finished their chances. So their striker Bollinger, he's from Algeria, and he was massively underperforming his XG. And if you look at him this season, he has massively improved on that. So, like, 17 rough goals from 14 expected goals is, like, he's overperforming that stat. And another thing that we need to consider is, first season at, at Sabi's defense was not as you would expect from a side that were continuously pressing and were continuously maintaining a high line, you know just out of, like, they had a rough XG against them of, like, 19, and they conceded 27, which was, like, one of the worst records in the league. And this season, they have massively improved up until date, you know. They have just conceded 10, and that's, I guess, the fewest number of goals that anyone has ever, you know, anyone has conceded uh, this season in the Qatar Stars League. So, I can definitely see the blueprint coming, and, you know, The first season, I think he has learned from his mistake and that exactly shows he's evolving as a manager, not only in terms of the philosophy, but in terms of the management, you know, in terms of overcoming his mistakes and managing the side overall.
0: Yeah, that's actually a fair point that you make as well. But I mean, I don't want to kind of uh, bore the listeners completely, but... Can you probably give us you know a little bit more insight onto the formations, how they work in position, how they work out of position, et cetera? because that would probably be a little bit more intriguing and you know give a bit more idea on what people can expect when you, know, you hire Xavi?
1: Uh-huh. So it's basically you know where we can trace the basic blueprint of Xavi's philosophy is formations. So he regularly goes on with 4 3 3, which is like trademark Barcelona formation. You know, you have four defenders then shielded by three midfielders. Uh, and regularly, there are like one defensive midfielder and w- one controller. And they have right now that in form of Santico Zola and three attackers. And fortunately, Zabiz Al have quite, you know, have a very interesting combination of players when they're at their best. Or, when the squad is complete, uh, they have Hassan Al Hedoos, who is Qatar national team's captain. He he plays from the wing, but he's an exceptional playmaker. You know, so they have like creative set of players, and uh, the formation works something like they progress the they can progress the ball from this middle as well as from the wider area. So four three three necessarily can turn up into something like, um, y- you know, uh, two three five. Because the fullbacks are always pushing upwards and trying to get the ball in. And uh, mind you, this, they don't play long passes but short passes. So, their presence in the final third, All, although three players are conversed in the box, they prefer to play short passes. So, with the ball, they are fortunately, you know, frequently seen in the upper half of the pitch, uh, maintaining a five man front line. Whereas off the ball, they like to defend. They necessarily like to def- maintain a mid block, and it kind of seems like uh, necessarily like four four two or even four three three. They are not hesitant in going on four three three, and regularly since they counter press a lot, so it's something like four three three, and you cannot you can always see one player going in the midfield to kind of min- maintain and limit the gap that they leave. While they press aggressively, so it's something like four four two, or they can completely be on four three three without the ball as well.
0: Mm, that actually seems interesting as well. I actually saw some some nice clips as well of them playing uh, after reading your article. Not not just after reading your article, basically. I mean, I, I, I kind of come across a few videos of them, and I yeah, yeah. multiple. I've seen actually multiple reports or multiple analysis reports on them. There was a video analysis on Al Saad by uh, an account called 18Zones on Twitter. So there are a fair few of them which are really interesting as well. But I mean, this podcast was basically meant to be a short one, a short analysis of uh, Chavez Al Saad. But before ending the podcast, Sodesh, I just want to ask you, I mean, this is actually a personal opinion kind of question. Do uh-huh. you think Chavez is ready for Barcelona right now?
1: Uh, so this, yeah, this question, uh, me being a Barcelona fan, uh, and, you know, me being a football writer, uh, for a year now, you know, this question is kind of, can be seen from a multiple set of angles. And when I see it from multiple set of angles as well, I think the answer is quite probably no, because you should look at things that affect his tenure as manager and at this point of time, it's not only about Sabi that we have to look forward to. It's also about the state of club that Barcelona is in right now. So they're under a deep crisis. Even Ronald Koeman, uh, in his half season, at Barcelona has not been as convincing as he would have been expected to. But like I think no one expected uh, Barcelona to recover this soon, even after, like especially after the A2 humiliation and you know uh, Luis Suarez leaving the clubs. Uh, but I, I, I honestly think it's not the right time to hire Savi right now because he is. This is his first season where he has looked really, really comfortable with this side, with this Al Saad side. Uh, they will. They might probably go unbeaten this season. They will be eyeing for the domestic treble this season, and he is quite probably eyeing to spend at least till 2022 in Qatar because he is. Uh, you know, he is a very big figure. Um, except for being Al Saad's manager because he has been appointed um, 2022 World Cup ambassador and something like uh, a multiple set of uh, things that involves not only Al Saad but Qatar as a whole as a nation. And I don't think he has the plans of going there. And I I think it's a big no when it comes to Xavi being in Barcelona right now because whoever comes, he first must seek for stability. And uh, I think it's better uh, for Barcelona to continue with Ronald Koeman because he, his side were only looking confident, uh, only started looking confident until recently and putting Xabi in a place like this with only two years of managerial experience would, I would not say it would necessarily fail, but would require a lot of patience uh, among the fans and the board in order for the system to work out if it's to work in Barcelona.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, you mentioned a really good point there about, uh, you know, Xavi's connection with Qatar right now, the way the whole country sees him, not just as an ambassador, but kind of as an advisor as well at different times. Because I, I, I saw him on a show actually promoting Qatar national team. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't exactly remember which competition it was for. Was it, uh, what, what was it for um, the Asian Cup? I, I, I don't quite remember. But uh, yeah, he was actually, it was, yeah. yeah,
1: so he was actually watching. Yeah, and you know one thing about uh, that I've noticed is Sabi is always present whenever Qatar national team plays. So he's present on the bench looking for, you know, looking at the Qatar national team's um, performance and matches even if it's a friendly. So you can always look at that and get a hint of like Sabi being more than just a club's manager in Qatar, but like being a part of the broader footballing um, project that Qatar is developing, especially in preparations of the 2022 World Cup.
0: Absolutely, absolutely right there. And yes, that probably brings us to the end of this episode. Not not probably. Uh, this actually brings us to the end of this episode. It's it's a short and crisp one. Um, I love the analysis, Sudesh, and I hope the listeners enjoy this as well because the analysis is really, really good and you have to follow Sudesh on social media as well. I don't say this or I'm not saying this because he's part of the assist He is a really good writer and he actually covers some press conferences for the assist covering Kerala Blasters as well in the Indian Super League. And he's a really, really amazing writer too. So you have to follow him on Twitter, obviously. And thank you so much once again, Sudesh, for coming on to the show and giving your analysis on al and chavi which is probably one of the you know i would say one of the most interesting or attention seeker topic in the market right now i would say
1: yeah always a pleasure like i mentioned this feels like home so always a pleasure coming back to home you know
0: yeah so yes that brings us to the end of this episode until next episode bye bye and take care